You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, we have two special guests. I feel like I'm on a roll here of interviewing couples, also couples that work together and that work together in the area of intimacy and dating and relationships. And today, that's exactly what we are talking about. So we're going to be speaking today with a couple that go by Richard and Namaste, the infinite couple. And what's really cool is we totally see eye to eye on the idea of femininity and masculinity and what that means in a relationship, what that means when you're dating. And I really probe them in terms of getting down to what it means to be a more masculine man. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a more masculine man? And how can we be able to embody this as a man? And what kind of results can you get from being more masculine in your dating life? All those questions, all those topics are going to be talked about today with my interview with Richard and Namaste. And I'm really pumped and I think you're going to really enjoy it. I know I did. I've been having such a fun time interviewing all these different and interesting people lately and just really expanding into different types of interviews As you can see on the podcast, it's just been so much fun talking to different people. So even coming up here on the next few, we're going to be talking to some interesting people. So stay tuned because this podcast is just getting more and more interesting. But of course, don't worry. We're always sticking to the topic of making sure that you become your most attractive self. That's my goal here with the How to Talk to Girls podcast. Give you the information to be more powerful, more attractive, more efficient in life, to have an awesome life. So that your dating life is awesome, but also your life in general is awesome. As you know, we really try to come from a more personal development standpoint than just trying to give you quick fixes, but real good, I like to say, nutritious information to help you out. So that's what we're talking about today. Good information to help you better your life by tapping more into the masculine. If you feel that you are somewhat of a nice guy, a people pleaser, and you're not really tapping into that masculine side of you, and this is causing you to be in the friend zone a lot, don't forget that you can work with me. We can do one-on-one coaching to fix this. I find that a lot of guys do have trouble with tapping into their more masculine side. So it ends up where they're just friend zoned by all the women that they meet and they can never get past that point. So that's what we help with with coaching. And I will be talking to you on the phone as a strategy call before we get into coaching. So we get a chance to just chat and see if coaching is a good fit for you. If you're interested, go to coachedbytrip.com. It's uh, pretty amazing the kinds of results I've been getting guys lately. I feel like I've been... I just keep getting better and better at coaching. And I'm not saying that to show off. I'm really saying that to, to let you know that this stuff helps. And I'm getting better at it because I just keep on refining and refining and refining the process to get guys faster and faster results. It's pretty crazy. I'm working with a guy right now. I'm trying to get him on the podcast to talk about his experience and what he's done. But we've been helping him do approaches and talk to women that he had really bad approach anxiety. And now he's about to get a girlfriend from a cold approach. So it is possible. It is very possible. A lot of guys always think like, oh, he's probably like really good looking, right? He's like a super attractive guy. And uh, no, he's a pretty average looking guy. And he would say so himself. And he was still able to use his charisma and personality to go and confidently approach women 
and get their number. He's been on a ton of dates from cold approaches and, and from online dating, but now he's, uh, he's about to get into a relationship. So if you're interested in meeting women that you want to get into relationships with, doing a cold approach, right? Approaching women out and about. And by the way, he did this in freezing cold weather with masks on. So no excuses. It is possible. And I want you to know it's possible. Anyway, if you need help, go to coachedbytrip.com. We can help you. Why don't we hop on over to the interview with Richard and Namaste now, where we'll talk about masculinity. Here it is. Richard, Namaste. So great to have you here on the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it's really, really glad to be here. Yeah, I think that you're my third couple of the year, I believe, in terms of having guests on. And uh, it just, it just by coincidence that that's happening, but it's been fun having couples on the podcast and having couples on that seem to be aligned with teaching, you know, whatever it is that you teach. I mean, I know what you teach, but I just want you guys to describe it so I don't give it away here. But it's cool to have you guys just come together and do this. So let's get into it. What do you do? What do you teach? How do you help? Who do you help? And then we'll talk about how you got into it. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Well, we are the infinite couple. Call me Bama Richard and Sri Namaste. And what we are here to do is return the feminine to women, the masculine to men, and men and women to each other. So we do that through helping men connect with their masculinity, helping women connect with their femininity, and then helping men and women find each other and create these amazingly potent, dynamic, powerful relationships based on purpose. Mm -hmm. Very cool. How did you get into this? Wow. (laughs) We have been doing this for thousands of years, apparently. We're not from here. I guess we came to this planet to do this work. We actually were in corporate many years ago, and this is something that we always have ended up doing. Mm -hmm. You know, wherever we are, no matter what our quote unquote real jobs were, we would always end up talking to people about their relationships, talking to men about how they can get along with their with their wives or girlfriends or fiancés, etc., and talking to women about how they could get along with their with their husbands or boyfriends or beaus. It it just always fell into our lap, you know. Can I can I bend your ear for a moment? You got to yeah. get a second. Can you talk to me about this? Yeah, we have a background in ministry, and I think that that kind of positioned us as just carrying this aura of you know the trusted counsel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. no matter where we would go, we would end up being people's trusted counsel, and they'd always want to know what our secret was with each other. You mm-hmm. know, they'd say, "I want a relationship like you guys. I love the way you guys look at each other. I love the way you interact. How can I have that?" And so we decided to instead of pursuing other things to devote ourselves to helping people create this most pivotal and foundational of relationships in their life. I mean, it's the basis of everything. Everyone on this planet came from a man and a woman coming together. Mm-hmm. So Are you sure? We pause. <laughs> I'm absolutely positive. I, I can say that without any equivocation, Trip. Um, and so, and so, because of that, helping people do that better and in ways that are more sustainable and feel more pleasurable is really an amazing thing. And it sounds simple, but obviously, it's it's more challenging than it looks, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's very challenging or else there wouldn't be... Uh, I can only imagine how many podcasts, by the way, you two have been on because there are so many on relationships, marriages, divorce. I mean, it's endless. And that just goes ahead and tells you that there's a lot of issues and a lot to learn in in this realm, right? Yeah. So it's it goes deep. I'm curious. When people email you or they're asking for help, you're talking to them and and they need your services. What's their what are their questions? Like I'm having trouble. Richard Namaste, I'm having trouble. Mm-hmm. And then they go and ask their question. What are those questions? Typically it is I'm having trouble understanding what's going on here. I keep doing these things and I'm keep getting results that are that are 180 out from what I'm trying to accomplish. It's like she is not ever re- like receiving me like I want to be received. Mm-hmm. We don't talk like we used to. When the feminine comes, they're like, well, I can't, I don't understand him. I don't understand what's going on with him. I don't understand where he's coming from. And we're having disagreements or a lack of connection entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Men are often saying that they just don't know what she wants. Even when they try to do what it seems like she wants, it doesn't make her happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it, it, they're like, I don't get it. You know, no matter what I say, no matter how I do it, she still seems dissatisfied. She's disappointed. And I'm just becoming more and more frustrated. And, and then women are usually saying, I don't feel met. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel seen or connected. What does that mean? What does that mean when they say that? Yeah, I don't feel met. Yeah, I don't um, feel met. I don't feel seen. What, what does that mean? Yeah, so... <laughs> women are like a different species. And so <laughs> it's like a, a different yeah. species. I mean, if, they, if they were, if they weren't, this podcast would not exist. It's called, it's called how to talk to girls. Right. Yeah. yeah and it's not easy. I, you know, I, I, I definitely um, acknowledge that it's not easy, but what a woman means when she says that is that there is a mercurial complexity to women. There is a, we don't stay all in the same place at the same time all the time. We're like a living, breathing fractal. And so what a woman means when she says that usually is that there are aspects of her that she feels like her masculine or male partner does not or cannot understand or desire. So for instance, she may, maybe when they were forming their relationship, she was showing up almost like one of the guys, you know, she was really into all the things that he was into. Mm -hmm. She was into sports. And now she's found this other aspect of herself. That's a lot more girly, but she doesn't feel like she can show up like that with him because when she shows up like that with him, he's like, why do you have that stuff on your face? It's called makeup. You know, (laughs) why are you doing, what are you doing with your hair? You know, Oh, I just thought I'd try something different. So now that she wants to show up differently, she feels like he doesn't want that. Or maybe she's always been very capable and, and, you know, yes, and I'm strategic. And now she's exploring more of her spirituality. Mm -hmm. And so she wants to have these more spiritual conversations. And maybe he's more of like a meat meat and taters kind of guy. He's like, I don't call that woo, what, you Mm -hmm. know? And so she feels like I can't share aspects of myself with him because not only does he not understand it, he's not interested in understanding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And then let's talk about on the men's side. 
more and in deeper into their issues and what they mean. What you know, what's the counterpart of that? The counterpart of that is that men, the defining goal and defining mission of your life is making that connection and making it stick and going on the path together as you know this partnership, this this divine partnership. That's where you want really want to be. That's the sweet spot. Getting there and getting out of your own way is the work. And so what I tell men in these instances, you mm-hmm. know, the other side of that coin is, you know, plenty about being a guy, Jack Crunch about being a woman. She needs things that, that she just needs and celebrate those and be like, okay, honey, you have 17 different creams and jellies and potions. Wonderful. She <laughs> wants to buy more. Let her buy more. It's just good for you. It's all upside for you. You don't need to become an expert on women's clothing, fashion, hair and makeup, et cetera. And don't presume that you are. Just look at it as something to be celebrated. Choose a flower. Let her grow in fantastical, wonderful ways. Just like the weather. She's going to change. It's going to be different tomorrow. <laughs> Celebrate those differences instead of expecting her to be more like you. You know, we are pretty mm-hmm. consistent in terms yeah. of how we dress, what we like, what we do, and all of those things. That's what that polarity, that pull between each other, those differences are what make things really interesting Mm -hmm. and really fun and really passionate. And when you try to water those down or shave those off or try to make her more like you or try to be more like her in some ways, Mm -hmm. that's when the air comes out of the balloon. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. What do you think about this saying that has floated around that women are more emotional, men are more logical? What are your thoughts on on that saying? Any truth to that at all? I think there's truth to that. I think that women tend to think more holistically. So in their minds, everything is connected to everything. Men tend to think more sequentially. So in our minds, you know, it's one thing after another. I'm going to do this, then that, then that, then that. Goes in a sequence. And we're fine with that. And we, we tend to be like, you know, everything's not connected to everything. Well, in her mind, it is. And so I think that there's definite truth to that. that Yeah. I, you know, I think it's a question of what is the, the initiating force and what is the influential force? So I think that for women, our logic is driven by our emotions. And for, it seems like for men, it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, the emotions are ruled by the logic. So it's just, we, we both have both obviously, Mm -hmm. but it's a question of, you know, which one is more yang and which one is more yin. And in women, our emotions are the more active force and our logic is the more passive force. And in men, it's exactly the opposite. The logic is the more active force and the emotions are the more passive force. Mm -hmm. And so that show that means it shows up very different. Her logic is going to be dictated by her emotions, which means that sometimes her logic is flawed. And that can be hard for women to hear. But when I work with women, I help them understand that, you know, that that doesn't mean that she is stupid or inferior or anything like that. It just means that her emotions can get in the way of her logic because she is so emotionally driven. I'm curious, where do you think this hurts and helps in terms of man and women, uh, man oh and God. woman. So it's like, uh, 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 I'm getting it, don't worry. Uh, uh, a man, you know, where does it help that he's more in his kind of sequential logic, as, as you were saying, mm-hmm. and where does it hurt him? And then let's go to women on that front too, in terms of the emotional aspect, or even also that he's not in touch 
with his more emotional side or the woman is not in more in touch with her logical side? I think it helps with the men in terms of we are, we're builders, we're put together of things, you know? <laughs> and so that definitely helps us in terms of careers and things like that and understanding how things fit together. I think that it can hamstring us a little bit when we are, you know, looking at the emotion as something alien and foreign, but it actually is a component of life. And so I think that the best of all possible situations, what I say all the time is when I get in touch with my feminine, I'm touching namaste. <laughs> you know, I celebrate that in her, that holistic view of things and that emotional view of things. And I also, here's where the, the logic driven male mind actually helps in that celebrating yourself and understanding that about yourself allows you to weather the storms, the periodic thunderstorms that come from the direction of the feminine, mm -hmm. you know, and not taking those things too seriously to the extent that you are now responding emotionally to what she's responding emotionally to. Mm -hmm. And now you're both spun up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So being able to be somewhat stoic about these things and say, okay, it's not the end of the world. Of course, you know, she's upset, but it's not, you know, it's not the end of all things. Right. It will pass. This is just a moment in time. Right. And then that, that is how it can benefit you. Yeah. Yeah. I think for women being driven and being, you know, emotionally ruled so often creates an issue when she doesn't understand or can't really just connect with what is because she's so focused on, on her feelings about what is. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, if your husband, we were having a conversation last night and we were talking about um, how women frequently complain about their husbands being on their phone, right? Or their beloveds being on the phone all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, if he's a businessman, he's going to be on his phone quite frequently. You're enjoying the business, the, the the benefits of the fact that he has that business success, then you should not complain about the fact that he's on the phone, right? But most women can't see to the logic of it because of the emotional feeling, mm -hmm. which is I don't like that he's not paying attention to me because he's on the phone and that hurts me and I feel like he's not seeing me and I'm not as special or as attractive or et cetera. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to even look at his phone because he'd be staring at me so wonderfully all the time. And so, you know, when, when women are so in that environment and in that space and within ourselves, then we can't see the logic of it or we don't really pay attention to it. It's like, what does that matter? Because this is the way I really, but I really, really feel, you know, mm -hmm. how often do women say that? And so that's where it becomes a liability. I think it becomes a, a benefit having those emotions in, in, and I think it actually all becomes a benefit when we're in connection with each other, because then we can be fully the aspect where we are and allow our partners to be fully, and it's not really an allowance, but really celebrate them being fully and where they are. And then we have a 360 view. So that's what we're going to see the greatest degree of benefit is when we come in connection with each other. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. So let's zoom out then for a second. Let's talk about the masculine. Let's talk about the feminine and these different polarities, so to speak. What do you think are some of the other bigger differences between masculine and feminine? Like what, let's like define what that is, what that means, since you guys seem to talk about it quite a bit. Yeah, we do. We, we do. do talk about it quite yeah. a bit. So this is really interesting. Do you want to start, Baba? Yeah, because okay. I think that, you know, in that partnership, we occupy different roles and they're very, very necessary. 
we always talk about, you know, the four or five key themes or tracks that the masculine runs on in terms of leadership, guidance, protection, provision. You know, those are the things that we sort of bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the things that when we apply our knowledge and our resources, we're going to typically show up in those areas, you know, in terms of leading, guiding, protecting, providing. And then when we do that successfully, we feel fulfilled. We feel like we are living a purpose-driven life if we're doing that successfully in our partnership. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we bring trust, support, nurturing, you know, and insight. And so we are bringing very different things to the table and we bring very different things in, in the world too. We can take those things and apply them to our connection to one another. We can also take those things and apply them to how we go through the world and what we offer to society and to our our world in general. You know, when a woman is fully embracing those aspects of herself instead of trying to compete with men, she can never compete with men because men are being men. So don't try to compete, compliment and and really bring that to the table. And, and that's what I did when I was in corporate and I never had any issues. It actually enabled me to get raises that and positions that other people really struggled with. So what I would call our paradigm, their relationship is one of contextuality to each other. Mm-hmm. So he's always going to be in, in that realm in reference to her, and she's always in the opposite space in reference to him. So yeah, a dance that yeah, they're doing together. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the living embodiment of everything being connected <laughs> on a very practical, you know, microcosm as opposed to just the macrocosm. Sure. Sure. Okay. And why do you think it's so tough for each person to kind of dive into some of those areas, like men being more masculine, women being more feminine? Do you think that's a big issue? Yeah. Oh, it's a huge issue. It's one of the defining issues of our our era. Because there have been things that have happened between men and women, this notion in the collective that we should be more the same, we should water things down, there should be neutrality between us. It seems like that would work, but that absolutely is the absolute worst thing possible. We need that polarity. We need to celebrate those differences. We don't need to be, men do not need to be more like women. Right. We need to be more like men. And we, that requires courage because you're in a, a, a world that is actually, to a certain extent, demonizing a lot of masculine aspects. Yeah. And saying that, you know, it's not necessary, it's aggressive, it's, you know, whatever. But we need to have the courage to step forward and, and go in that direction anyway, because it's for the preservation of our relationships and ultimately the preservation of society as a whole. And it serves women, mm-hmm. you know, which is something that, People tend to think that it's just the opposite, but we are fond of saying that, you know, masculine men are who has, have um, protected women and created the world that women live in, you know, all for her benefit since the beginning of humanity. I mean, they've even done research and said that the whole reason why men began to hunt was to provide meat for women. And so, you know, when we demonize the masculine, we demonize that which has created and built society in general for us to occupy with our creativity and intuition as as feminine beings. But to your question, Tripp, as far as why this is an issue, there are environmental factors that are heavily playing into this um, Mm -hmm. because of the the diminishing of testosterone, because we have so many uh, xenoestrogens 
in our cultures. And that means that testosterone is on the decline in radical ways. And you have all sorts of hormonal imbalance. And it sounds so, when, when people hear that, they're like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. I don't know why I didn't see it before. But if you have an imbalanced hormonal system, then you're going to have difficulty with men really connecting to their masculinity Mm -hmm. if they have lower testosterone. And you're going to have difficulty with women connecting to their femininity if their estrogen receptors are taken up with xenoestrogens, which just means strange estrogen in the form of like pesticides and things of plastics and things of that nature. So it's it, it begins at an environmental level. And then, of course, it trickles down to an emotional level and a societal level, et cetera. How do you give advice, or I should say, what do you even say to men in terms of how to get back to more into their masculinity? You have to realize that it takes work. Mm -hmm. Anything you work at, you're going to get better at. Our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers did not have to worry in their environment about masculinity and about testosterone. The issues that were are present now weren't present then. We are the generation that has to actually focus on, and when I eat this, is it going to raise my testosterone or lower it? Mm-hmm. Coming in contact with these plastics and different mm-hmm. chemicals, is that going to help me or harm me? We do have to actually think about that. That needs to be part of our, um, it is part of our life, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And the degree to which we do acknowledge it and actually take steps to mitigate against it, Mm -hmm. we actually feel better in our bodies, Mm -hmm. have more testosterone on board. And generally, because testosterone is responsible for over 6,000 different functions in the male body, everything gets better Mm -hmm. to the degree that we address that and actually take steps to actually get more testosterone on board. Right. Getting, being more in the body in Mm -hmm. general, doing more active movements wrestling and, and, you know, learning the haka, for instance, mm-hmm. and, you know, and exercising and lifting weights and, and things like that, that actually bring you, it's not really about bulking up. I mean, if that's your thing, awesome, but it really is about just doing things that get you more in the body because, um, everybody's so sedentary and believe it or not, that affects testosterone as well as just using his voice. Mm-hmm. You know, the masculine voice is not really heard in our culture anymore. And when it is, it's demonized. And so him learning that his voice matters right. um, and, and actually speaking and, and saying how he feels and, and then also, you know, <laughs> choosing not to be with the argumentative woman, which sounds really interesting, but studies have shown that when a man and a woman argue, his testosterone drops. Mm-hmm. So if he's in a relationship where there is constant arguing, even if he's not really saying anything, but he's being just constantly argued with, that is having an adverse effect on his testosterone. So, and and therefore his masculinity as well. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interesting. And then, and then on the opposite end, does that put, is that, does that make her release more testosterone or is she more in her masculine when she's doing that? Yeah. So when a woman um, begins to be that way, be argumentative with the man in her life, I haven't seen any research that suggests that it causes her to release more testosterone, but I would not be surprised if that were true because she's activating more adrenaline as well in her body. So she's going into a state of fight or flight. So she's definitely not not inhabiting her femininity at that place and at that time. 
And so it means that women have to learn different ways of communicating. When you are communicating, even if you're frustrated or disappointed or sad or what have you, it's never you against your partner. It's you and your partner against the issue. And when you handle it in that way and you learn how to engage in that fashion, not only do you have more intimacy and better outcomes, but you also put you guys on the same page so that you are supporting your partner's testosterone as well as your own hormonal balance as well. Mm -hmm. Does it go beyond hormonal imbalances? I mean, is there anything men can do just as behavior or anything else they can do besides try to fix the levels of testosterone? Well, one of the things that we always talk about with, with men in particular, but also women too, is that there are things that happen to us, right? But we learn and we, we communicate with each other and we form our, our mental framework of what our lives consist of through the stories that we tell ourselves about what that means. And so what we do a lot of work in, in changing people's story in terms of the stories that they're telling themselves about what things mean and what does that look like in terms of a relationship, like in terms of connecting with each other. If she is here and you here, you are always trying to connect with each other. Everything that you do is trying to connect with each other and, and build that relationship. You can't look at it like, you know, these romantic overtures that happen once in a blue moon, like holidays and anniversaries and things like that. Well, that's the romantic time. Everything else is just quote unquote regular life. Again, that's a story you're telling yourself. The magic is in the mundane. In every single day, there's opportunities for you to connect on a deeper level, but you have to focus and reach out and actually, you know, stop telling yourselves the stories about that not being possible. And in the sense of with, with single men as well, one of the things that you know from, you know, business and things like that, mindset is everything. And what you believe is what tends to happen. Right. So right. when you are look, going on the hunt, so to speak, and you're like looking for your queen to occupy that position in your kingdom, understanding that the stories you tell yourself about whether that is even possible and what degree is, is possible have everything to do with the outcome. Mm -hmm. And so changing that story so that you understand that, yes, this will happen. Yes, it's going to happen. She's out there. I know what she looks like. I know what she sounds like. I know what her values are. I'm looking for this particular type of woman. And having that indelibly etched and fixed in your mind, that makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also think that something that can really help men with increasing their masculine is releasing the idea that he needs to cultivate a feminine at all, that he, mm. he, that it's okay for him to be wholly masculine. And, and if you look at the etymology of the word masculine, it means that which pertains to man. So he doesn't need to have that which pertains to woman. He needs to have what he is and to amplify that, to encourage that, to feed that, to cultivate that deliberately. And some of those aspects like building, not just, you know, that's not just about, you know, going in the garage and building something. What I'm talking about is being very deliberate and intentional about the building, as, as, as Baba Richard was saying, of the relationship. You know, mm -hmm. so it's not just, oh, I'm looking for a girl who's okay with being with me so much as it is what kind of woman would I like to spend my life with? What kind of woman am I seeking? What is her temperament? What does she love to learn? Is she kind? Is she, you know, being very intentional and deliberate about those desires as opposed to what I see a lot of men make the mistake of doing, which is 
well, I just want a woman who wants me. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that, you know, single men really need to know that you will have so much more to offer than that. And you have the right and the responsibility to pick and choose a woman, not just be chosen by one. Interesting. What other mistakes do you think guys are making in this area? Trying to hit a home run as opposed to just making contact, you need to <laughs> you need to make more offers. You know, if you're going out and you're like, you know, you're, you're building up and you're going to approach this one person, you've been thinking about it for six months. Um, that you know, you're you're trying to hit a hole in one, and and that generally does not work out favorably. You need to start getting comfortable with making more offers, with casual contact, with smiling and talking to women in general all the time. Good morning. How you doing? Good to see you. Hey, what's your name? You know, when you start doing that, you start getting more comfortable Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the language of conversation. And therefore, it's not this monumental deal that you're building up to that now I'm going to go. And when I see her at the Starbucks, I'm going to finally ask for her number. No, (laughs) because you've talked to 50 women that week, you can talk to her. You can very, it's, it's so much easier because Mm -hmm. you've had more practice. Mm -hmm. I think that, that a lot of men make the mistake of, of thinking that it's going to, we have our own version of romance, right? Right, And that romance is, you know, I build up the courage. I go and I talk to her and it goes magically. And then we go off and live happily ever after. The end. The end. (laughs) And because you put all your eggs in that one basket, if it goes, if it goes wonky or sideways, then now you're like, well, that didn't work. Mm -hmm. So what am I doing wrong? This will never work for me. I don't know about women, et cetera, et cetera. And that, you know, where that pathway leads. Another mistake that we see men make, and this is what we hear from single women. So this may be really gold for the listeners, is that they just don't have a, or they're not willing to express, or maybe they haven't thought about what their goals or vision is. A lot of women that we talk to you know, they're like, I'm trying to get to know this guy. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what does he want? What does he want in his life? Where's he going? So I can decide if this is, if this is going to work or not. And he basically just keeps asking me what I want, which isn't working because I want to be with a strong man. I want to be with a man that can lead. And so really what that speaks to is, is a willingness to learn to lead. Be willing to learn to lead. Mm-hmm. You know, read some leadership books, you know, decide what you want in your life, where do you want to be in five years, how much money do you want to make, what do you want to do, and then be willing to say that to, you know, unapologetically to whatever woman is sitting across from you that you might be dating, because she's going to have a lot. You guys may or may not end up in a relationship, but she will respect you for that. Versus it seems like a lot of men are kind of leaving that open-ended mm-hmm. and like, you know what, well, I don't know because they, you know, it's like they, they believe that women want that, but, but they don't. <laughs> that, that really is the paradox of it, right? And that is one of the key distortions in the collective is that men should actually ask women for direction. What, do you, what would you like? Where would you want to go? What do you want to do? What are your plans? And then I'll mold my life around that when it should be exactly the opposite. You should have your own plans, your own thoughts, your own vision right. for your own life. 
And then you're inviting her along on the adventure. Right. So you're looking for a woman who delights in going in that direction with you and you guys building a life together. It's a completely different way of doing things. So I'm all on board for this. I I agree uh, wholeheartedly with everything that you're saying here. And this is what I preach as well. Here's what I'm trying to help guys with. And I can say this is also the questions that they ask when I tell them something like this. (laughs) And also, I think also the questions they're not asking but I know they fall into this trap is where does the line get drawn where I'm telling a woman what I want and what I want to do, but also you might be seemingly rude and being controlling. So I guess the question is, is where, what's the fine line between a guy who's being controlling and a guy who's showing lead and direction? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a beautiful question. Yeah. I think the line that is drawn is that that line where we are actually in partnership. Mm -hmm. When we are in the dating phase and we're in that getting to know you phase, I'm inviting you along on this journey. I'm telling you what my values are. I'm Mm -hmm. illustrating what my plans are. All of these are things that are maybe future focused, Mm -hmm. but you can understand, you can trust Mm -hmm. me because I'm telling you this is what my plan is for my life. Right. Now, when we go further on into courtship and into, you know, engagement and things like that, then that is when we are in this partnership. And now we are both working toward the achievement of those things that were previously mine alone. Mm -hmm. Now they're ours. Right. So the difference is that control implies that the person does not want to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And so, and that may in fact be true if you started the relationship by saying, no, I don't know, whatever you, I don't know, you know, I have no goals, I have no whatever. And so you left that off the, off the table and now you're in a relationship and now you want to begin to insert it. You may in fact be with someone who doesn't want to go where you want to go, mm-hmm. which is why it's good to start there. Because if you start there, then what happens is that gives that woman freedom to say, you know what? Either I want to take that journey and that delights me, it lights me up. Oh my gosh, yes, I can't wait. Or to say, uh, ding, this is my stop. I'm getting, I'm getting off. off. This right. is not yeah. something I'm interested in. And my husband, Richard, we've been together for 18 years. And he was so fabulous at doing that. When we first met, he would tell me exactly what he wanted, exactly what how he saw his life going where he saw the woman in his life being in the relationship and the nature of that, he was very direct. And I really appreciated that. And it shocked me. And it was also what made him so incredibly and continues for me to be continually feeling that he is so incredibly attractive to me, even after all of these years, because it meant that I could decide and I, and I could pick based on his vision and his dreams and where he wants to go. And I know that, hey, you know what? Yes, I'm all for that. I want to build that with you. So that's really where the line is drawn is in your willingness to be very forthright with it from the outset, mm-hmm. not to play the passive game on the outset. And then once the relation you get into the relationship, now I want to lead because you might end up with a woman who does not want to follow. Right. You need to know what ride you're getting on yeah. and know what you're in for. And that involves, that involves risk. Mm-hmm. It takes courage to tell somebody, you know what? My skin fits me best when I am in charge. 
I, I like to lead. I like to set the direction. Mm-hmm. I like to establish the framework and say, you know what? These are the things that this is where we're going. Right. And then, you know, I need help in terms of filling that in. Yeah. But understand that that's, that's where I feel most comfortable. Yeah. That's a risky proposition to put on the table yeah. early on, but it's necessary. It is necessary. You've got to know what ride you're getting on. And a lot of men believe that there aren't women out there who want that. But I will tell you that I run a women's community and every single woman in that community wants that. Mm-hmm. And I've been in a lot of- Wants what? Which wants part? a man who takes, who is, who's willing to lead and who desires to lead. Yeah. You know, it's, interesting. it's, just, it's something that they're taught, you know, men are taught like women don't want that, but it's not true. Why, why is that? Where did this disconnect all of a sudden happen? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, right. Got another couple hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think in a nutshell. That, yeah, right. in a nutshell, I would say feminism. I would say feminism created this this environment in which, and not 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 the original, not first wave feminism, which was just about giving women, you know, the right to vote and things of that nature. But at some point, like many movements, it it changed, it morphed, it became something different. And it became this, you know, buying for power and, and this belief that men intrinsically are oppressive and desire to, to harm women. And it's simply not true. And, and I'm finding that, you know, in the communities I, I'm a part of and that I run, I see women who are former feminists all the time who say, you know, I agreed with it in principle, but the practical application really leaves so much to be desired. And I really just wish that I could help men understand how much women are wanting them to be masculine and, and, and to really stand up and say, you know, yes, I enjoy leading and I really want a woman who wants to compliment me because that means that she's going to be fulfilled too, because she wants that. She wants his vision, right? She's picking a man whose vision she wants to follow or who she wants to be a part of. And so she sees herself as, yes, I can support that. I can help that. And so everybody's fulfilled in that scenario. And it's like the biggest secret, you know, in plain sight, right? Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And it's definitely a secret because I don't think that that is the message right now. It's really confusing, I think, yeah. with the message of women who are just becoming more powerful in all areas of life. Mm-hmm. And it has this message in it that, you know, either as as polarizing as I don't need a man mm-hmm. or even as soft as just like I can do everything on my own. Mm-hmm. I think it's pushing men away from being direct. So I'm just really glad that that you two are here to help with this message right. because I just think that that message is just getting completely clouded mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and also just put to the side. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these women who are out there going, how come I can't find a man? And right. how come I can't attract a man? Exactly. And it's because of that. And of course, you know, I believe fully in women having the choice to do anything they want to do right. in life, just as men can. Right. But it just becomes a little bit complicated when these messages are are just saying all things, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and there's mm-hmm. another message too out there of for men to be I think it's like toxic masculinity stuff. Oh, yeah. and like men, oh. men be vulnerable, men be vulnerable. And it's like, right. ah, that's really tough. Like, <laughs> you know, I always say to guys like, listen, no, you know, you don't have to push down your emotions and not be emotional. 
Right. You don't have to do that. But also, if you act that way in front of your woman mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, she's just going to become unattracted to you. So right. you have to be careful with how much you vomit out your emotions on a woman and don't show that mental strength. Right. That's another message I feel like is not coming out. It's like everything no. is kind of like all this way or all that way. Right. And it's either right. like, no, you know, uh, men, no, be vulnerable. No, men, man up and, right. and don't show emotions. It's like, well, there's, right. this, there's this balance that you, not, that you need to find so you don't get caught in this trap. What do you right. think of that? Yeah. I think that's very true. And I think that what helps with that is acknowledging that we do things in very different ways. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can be in touch with your full emotional spectrum as a man, but you don't have to express your emotions in a feminine way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're feeling, you feeling angry, feel angry, you know, and, and what do you do when you're angry? How do you act when you're angry? What occurs to you? How do you express your anger? You know, and so finding ways to do that that are exclusively masculine and not feminine-like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. makes all the difference. And What's an example of that, you think? Like, how would someone do that without being feminine-like? Okay, say, you know what? You know, look, I've had a bad day. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go for a run. Or I'm going to go in my gym and I'm going to do some curls or do some push-ups or, right. you know, do some planks or whatever. You know, that gets me back in my body. Right, I get right. a good sweat on. Then after that, I get those endorphins and mm-hmm. then I feel better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I like that. I like that. You know, the feminine might say, you know what, how I blow off steam and how I do that. I want to sit down with my girlfriend and I want to talk about right. how wrong, <laughs> you know, the situation was and right. who does that. Right. Da, 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 da. Now, if you come in and you start, you know, I had a bad day at work and now I'm sitting down and my boss, it's going to come across as whining. That's whining, right. And it's going to lessen your, you know, it kind of, like the air goes out of the balloon again. It's like, right. you know, what are you whining about? Well, what she's going to do is she's going to tend to start to mother him mm-hmm. because that sends pings in her head that, oh, okay, he's got a problem and he doesn't know what to do. And now soothing. he's upset, so he needs soothing. And it's not a a partner type of soothing that she usually will offer to him. It's more of a maternal kind of soothing. Like, mm-hmm. like if you saw, I mean, we have eight children and they're all adults, five boys and three girls. And, you know, it's like when our sons were were little, you know, if they were really upset, how I would handle them to get them to calm down, you know, mm-hmm. and I would hug them up and, you know, be like, it's okay, you know, that you're feeling what you're feeling, you know. And so a lot of times women will start doing that with their partners and then they wonder why, you know, there's no passion and there's no intimacy because you've taken this from being a partner-based dynamic to being a, a mother-son dynamic inadvertently. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's gross, um, and and it really doesn't serve either person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Spot on. <laughs> Spot on. It's it's a tough world out there. I mean, really, it's tough in terms of really understanding how it all works. And then when you hear something like that, you might be a little turned off. Like, really, that's how it works. But <laughs> <laughs> it just is, you know. It it just is. Even even on like this is what I say. I, the example I use is similar to to what you guys were saying here. I just say it in a little bit of a different way. It's like, all right, let's say a man and a woman are in a relationship, and a man complains to his partner about stuff that's going on in his life. Let's say the woman also does that on an equal amount of time. So let's say. 
Three hours a week, the man does it to her. And three hours a week, the woman does it to him. My theory is, even though they're equally doing this kind of complaining, whining, upset Mm -hmm. thing, Mm -hmm. conversation, Mm -hmm. that if you, at the end of that week, it will affect the woman in terms of attraction more than the man. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying here. It's because sometimes I have guys who say to me, well, if a woman was complaining to you all the time, you'd be annoyed too. Like you don't want to hear her being upset or depressed or complaining all the time. And it's like, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. There is a limit there. But if we equal it out real quick, just as like an experiment, Mm -hmm. I think the man won't be as unattracted because there's something about a woman being vulnerable that is what a woman does. So it's not like he's going to be like, "Uh, I'm not really into this anymore. (laughs) You know, again, there's a limit, but if we just make it completely the same, the woman will probably probably be more unattracted in the long run. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of another way I like to put it. Yeah, Yeah. that's exactly true. We aren't, we aren't the same, you know, there's things that, you know, that a woman can do that a man will definitely have more bandwidth for than if the man did it like you just like the example you just gave mm-hmm. then if a man did the same thing she doesn't have as much bandwidth for it. she doesn't have as much patience for well i think it goes into that 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 um tendency for the man to want to protect her right so when she's complaining inside he's thinking you know he's yeah i will go in there and i will you know those are my enemies now. I will, <laughs> I will protect you from them. And, you know, and he's having that kind of, you know, fantasy in his head. Like, you know, mm-hmm. look, you don't need them. They can't treat you that way, et cetera. Whereas he, when he's doing that, what is activated in her? You know, that whole well, nurturing, mothering, let me. He can't take care of things for oh, himself. Poor baby. And, yeah. yeah. And it's just the way we're hardwired. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're hardwired. I mean, it's how we stayed alive, you know. <laughs> is to look for the strength in men. And that's what really draws us and, and pulls us towards them, that, that, that strength, that protection, that provision. And so when he turns that on to her, when he turns the complaints and things of that nature, then she starts saying, okay, well, he can't protect me because he can't protect himself. He can't lead me or guide me because he can't lead or guide himself. Mm-hmm. And so And so she starts seeing him more as a, child and you see this furthered i mean you can definitely see this idea being propagated in society right where it's like men are big babies you know you see this so much that mm-hmm. it's just become a part of the social narrative and it's a problem because i think it creates in men this this belief that oh yeah that just is what i am that's that's what it is to be a man is to be that way and it's not true like again like i say you have so much more inside of you and you have so much more capacity and women are literally you know, really waiting and desiring that regardless of what you see on television or in the social media. So mm-hmm. yeah, well said, well said. This has been such a great conversation. I feel like we could have probably gone for hours with this. And <laughs> really, you guys are, are just speak very well to this subject. Obviously, it's, it's what you do. Maybe right. you can tell the guys where to find you if they want to work with you. If you do work with single men, I know it seems to be a little bit more focused on couples, but either way, if they want to follow what you're doing, where can they go? Yeah, we definitely work with singles, a lot of singles, actually. Absolutely. We have a group, a Facebook group called uh, Manifest. And you can also reach out to me directly. I am Richard Moore on social media. We are the infinite couple, infinitecouple.com. 
and you can reach out to us there as well. Yeah, you can look at look us up as Infinite Couple anywhere on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook. If you look up Infinite Couple, it's us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and yeah, Baba Richard does have a group that's for men manifest masculinity without apology, and then we have a co-ed group which is Infinitum Vitae. So you can join any of those, or you can just look us up on Facebook, and uh, and we'll give you links to all of it. Absolutely. Sounds good. Well, we'll also put a few of those links in our show notes here thank to make you. it easy for guys to find out what you're doing. Both of you, uh, thank you. It was a great conversation. And I hope I didn't grill you too much. I just had, <laughs> I just had some great questions great. for you and things yeah. I wanted to, to hear from you. So thanks for being here and thanks for doing it. Thank you. Thank this you for fabulous. having us.